1: from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Come on. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem? Tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who's on this town
2: tonight. Hey, welcome to Call Me Last the Sports Talk Radio Show. Alex Clancy in studio. Friday morning, got a lot to talk about. Wrapping up the week in sports. Cover the first round of the Masters. I'll talk a little Colin Kaepernick. Oh boy. May have a little situation on our hands, alleged situation, I should say. Uh the NBA playoffs are heating up more than ever. The last in the last time we talked, many, many things have happened. Uh the races have gotten closer. I'll preview the Pacers heat game tonight. Dwayne Wade is out with whatever injury he has today. Seemingly there's there's a different one every game, so We'll keep an eye on that. Um, first off, the Masters, kind of an underwhelming day one. And what I mean by that, without Tiger in the field, this is the time to shine for all of the guys that are trying to place themselves at the top of the PGE Tour rankings. And there are so many of them. I mean, there are so, so many of them. Um, Keegan Bradley, Jordan Spieth, Roy McIlroy is still trying to get back up to where he was a couple years back when he won two majors. Um, Bill Haas is leading after round one, shooting 468. He played really well. You know, He played solid golf, didn't make too many mistakes, and and that's what you have to do at Augusta. You can't let the course take you. You have to make 8 or 10-foot putts for par to win. You have to keep the ball in the fairway as much as possible Above any other course on the tour, I mean, I guess you could say the U.S. Open, wherever it's played in the year year, uh, with with a uh, awful rough that they have to deal with. Uh, but Augusta is, is something is something a little different. Uh, Bubba Watson is one under through seven today, so he's tied for the lead at four under. Adam Scott shot a sixty nine uh, yesterday, which uh, takes some gusto. You know, it's it. There hasn't been a back-to-back champion for the Masters since 2000-2001 when Tiger did it, and before that it was in the 80s. So it doesn't happen very often, and for him to put up a 69 after hitting the ball in the water on 12 while getting a standing ovation, you know, is a win for him. Now, day two is difficult. The second round is difficult because it's Make the cut, put yourself in striking distance, but you, you can't win a tournament on the, in the second round, obviously. So you definitely need to be cautious like you were in round one and kind of position yourself for the weekend. The weekend is a totally different animal in and of itself. Uh, the course gets harder. Traditionally, the greens turn into cement, so it's very difficult to stick shots. Uh, The pin placements are some of the hardest on tour at Augusta on the weekend. And it's difficult because Saturday is moving day in normal tournaments. Sometimes in Augusta, it's survive. It's survive and stay close. And then go for it on Sunday. You can't win the Masters playing safe. Augusta National, especially the Tiger-proof Augusta National... Over the past ten or fifteen years yields more towards risk and reward. you remember Bubba a couple years ago hits this hits this hooker out of out, out of the woods about twelve feet from the green to uh twelve feet from the pin to solidify his win. I remember Phil when he won the masters uh, in in the late 2000s hits a 200-yard 5-wood. Just this is this is a shot that only Phil Mickelson would hit and that's why he's such a polarizing character. If though if he executes the shots that he takes, those crazy shots that he takes, he wins tournaments. But if he doesn't, he misses cuts and Tiger uh Phil Mickelson put up a pretty big score yesterday. He put up a 76 and his score was really predicated on two holes. Three putt, triple bogey, seven at the seventh hole. And I remember this. He had, he had about 11 feet for par, pushed it past, coming back, tried to, tried to hit it through the, oh, God. He hit it way too hard and coming back, same thing. For somebody that's so good around the greens, once you get on the green, he's suspect at times. And again, you have to have a hot putter to win any tournament, but especially the Masters. And then he, and then he had a double bogey 7 on 15, after coming back having, having a couple uh, birdies on 10 and 11. So this is an interesting stat. In his first 79 rounds at Augusta, he had four rounds of 76 or worse. Scoring average of just over 70, which is under par at Augusta. The last four rounds, he shot over 76 three times. Combined to par total of plus 14 and a scoring average of 75 and a half. I'm not sure if his mental toughness... is starting to wane. A lot of times, through just his talent and hard work alone, he can win tournaments and be in contention to win tournaments. But at Augusta, you can't fake it. You have to be mentally ready. For somebody that's played Augusta as much as Phil Mickelson has, you, you can't expect this from him. And he, in his in his post-interview, in his uh, post-run interview... He didn't allude much to his injuries. He just made mental mistakes. Mistakes he normally doesn't make around the greens. But as a whole, this tournament is going to tell a lot about the future of golf. And I'm partially excited and partially frightened about what's in store. Because you have all of these late 20s, early 30-somethings that are so good. Take Jordan Spieth out of that because I don't think he's 22 yet. And he's one under through, uh, through the first round. Somebody's got to grab, using the cliche, hey, the bull's by the horn here, and take over the sport because Tiger's not going to be here forever. And I don't know who it's going to be, but it's got to be somebody. I mean, Keegan Bradley has shown flashes. Jason Duffner has shown flashes, but he played awfully yesterday. Uh, we got Kwame on the line. Kwame, what did you take away from the first round of the Masters yesterday?
1: A lot of those guys, uh, you got a lot of those leaders, those guys who on the leaderboard right now that uh, we haven't heard from, which is fine, and that's how a lot of tournaments start. But those guys who who's there in the end usually work their way back. If you look at Phil Mickelson, I believe I believe Phil Mickelson had his first start at the Masters. Um, but as long as he's driving it out, Phil will be somewhere you know, around at least with a chance tomorrow or Sunday if he makes the cut. But I see it a lot in these these majors. I see it a lot in a lot of tournaments, just regular tournaments. But in the majors, you have a lot of guys come out and play bad for the first day or so. Um, And we talked about yesterday how Freddie Couples come out and just have a nice day, always on the leaderboard or around, around the leaderboard somewhere, just having a good day with his buddies. Uh, but these young guys now have to step up because you mentioned those those caliber of guys that we see winning these tournaments are not going to be around forever, even though golf is forever game, But it's now time to imp- implement yourself as one of the stars and one of the mainstays of a leaderboard or one of the mainstays of Sunday winning uh, if you're a young guy. And I look to uh, Roy McIlroy to be one of those guys. There's a lot of young guys. Keegan Bradley is one of my one of the guys I would like to watch a fly. Uh but there's a lot of young guys in this event that have to step up. Yeah, I no, The board in the first—it's not a—it's not a big deal my opinion. The first day, uh, although if we have a favorite, we like to see uh, him come out strong. But it's a four-day event, and it's a lot of golf left to play.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you have to look at at the bottom. Okay, so at the top—it's it, nice for guys that have great first rounds. But Jason Duffner, Eight over, eight, eight over through uh, through day one. Trevor Immelman, major winner, seven over. Uh, Keegan Bradley, six over. Luke Donald, six over. Uh, da points, six over. Zach Johnson, six over. Like th- these numbers are are a little bit shocking to me. Ernie Els, four over. It's just like J- uh, Justin Rose. Jason Day was looked at as one of the favorites. He shot well. He shot three over on day one. He's one over today. Dustin Johnson, four over. I mean. In, in, in a lot of tournaments with with how difficult the course is playing, that might not be so far off the lead. And seven shots, seven, eight shots off the lead after day one isn't a huge, insurmountable uh, lead. But still, wow. I mean, th- that shows, first of all, it shows how tough the course is, and it, it, it shows that something's amiss. This is the biggest tournament of the year every year and guys are making mental mistakes. Guys are letting the course engulf them as opposed to attacking the course on day one.
1: I'll say this uh, to that. that uh, this, These guys still have nerves. You like to think you don't have those type of nerves, but you come out and you want to... That first tee box is something crucial. You want to come out and put it in the middle of the railway and get your day started right. Uh, but those guys have nerves, too. So they understand that the magnitude of the Masters, you win a Masters in, and everything that comes with that afterwards... You you should still look at the leaderboard and you will see a bubble Washington. You see Bill Hall. You see Kevin Strider. You see guys who Adam Scott, older, uh, Louisa, Ozenheiser. You see still some of the top guys. It's just that we have a certain favorite. That we have a favorite, and they're not there. You wonder what happened to those guys who's supposed to be there, or that we think supposed to be there, like a Kevin Johnson, like a a day. We like Phil Mickerson. Where are those guys and why don't, why don't he show up on the first day? Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I see a lot of these guys uh, that don't show up on the first day, but they're there at the end. So that's why I think a lot of golf left and we'll see. But I would like to see, like my favorites, some of my favorites, just come out and have a good first day. And most times, they're not. That don't happen.
2: No, it's true. I mean, and, and to the positives now, there are a lot of great storylines. Bubba Watson, obviously, tied for the lead and Masters winner. Adam Scott, last year's Masters winner. Jimmy Walker, who's yet to break through, but people are talking about him a lot. He's number one in the FedEx Cup standings and on the money board right now. Uh, KJ Choi, Brant Snedeker, Oost Hazen. I mean, there are a lot of guys in Freddy Couples. That's, that's just the top 10 right there, top 11. See, I mean, right. it, there are interesting storylines, and it's the Masters, so it, normal storylines always become more interesting, obviously. So, and you're right. I mean, and maybe I'm jumping to conclusions too early. We'll see, we see a lot more, obviously, through the second round to see if people can, can, uh, can come back from a rough, uh, rough first round and, and uh, put themselves in the mix. We got to take a break. On the other side, we'll continue talking about the Masters. We'll talk NBA playoffs. We'll talk Colin Kaepernick, maybe losing his damn mind. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, Alex Lansing Studio, Kwame on the line. We'll be right back.
0: What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com.
1: What's going
0: on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iRadioBlog.com.
2: Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. We're talking Masters. Uh, The second round is underway. Bill Haas is yet to tee off. He tees off in about an hour. Bubba Watson is one under through eight. Uh, Adam Scott tees off uh, in about an, an hour and a half. So um, we we've talked we've talked the negative, or I have at least. Um, positively, where do you think as a whole the PGA tour is going to go if Tiger, say hypothetically speaking, Tiger never is back, say he never wins a major again, say he's never fully right with his body again? Where do you think the PGA needs to go? In order to keep themselves relevant,
1: I think the PGA is going to be fine. Tiger Woods. Before Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, we had Jack Nickers. we had Arnold Palmer, we had the uh, uh, what's, my guy in South Africa, what's his name? Simmons. We had a lot of Gary great Player. Guys. Gary Player, who's my who's my favorite that I can't think of his name. But we had a lot of great guys before Tiger, and golf was golf, and golf was watchable, and you wanted to sit in front of that TV or go go out and watch these guys. So. Titan was the next, he was the evolution to those guys. So there's going to be another one after him. Uh, we just amazed at what he's doing. That. It's, like, it's like watching Michael Jordan play. It's like watching uh, Hank Aaron play. It's like watching these guys uh, in their time and in their pride and we have able to witness that. Now, there'll be people after us to say, hey, where's that next guy going to go that they're able to watch? So there will be somebody after Titan Woods. There'll be a, another guy who it has to be because it always is.
2: But does there does there need to be does there need to be because it's an individual sport? I mean, it's there's so many storylines for every PGA golf tournament, but they all get muddled together because a lot of times people don't know who's on the leaderboard. If you don't know one guy on the leaderboard to root for, then I mean, people turn golf off. Ratings go down when Tiger's not in it, even though he even though he's probably maybe 15 shots off the lead. Does is there a way that a PGA tour can go where? It doesn't have to be about superstars, and it can be about the game of golf. It can be about... Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. When there's millions of dollars, close to billions of dollars being made, you have some smart people to talk whether they're legit or crooked. So you want to find a way to market your sport in a way that, regardless if a, a Tiger was... And, you, and you're 100% right. It's not as interesting if you put all your eggs in one basket and watching Tiger or... Tiger's not playing or counting on a, a, a golf round with Tiger in it, and then all of a sudden you don't watch golf. But well, you don't like golf. You just like Tiger. But golf itself, and, and playing golf, if you're just looking from the outside in, it's a boring sport. But until you play it, that's one of the most thinking sports that you can play because you have to think yourself around that course, and, and that takes that drains you out when you play it at a high level because you're trying to hit the great shots, you're trying to strategize, you're trying to put the ball in play in A certain area, so your next shot is that more important. I think with those, with that money being made and those types of players, there's some great players that on those leaderboards. There's some great players that at the backer of the uh, of the rankings. So I think golf and all the uh, all the the head people involved with it just want to find a way to make golf's golf golf. Yeah. Don't do like basketball. Don't do like basketball. What you mentioned that it will become a player sport is more to a team sport golf is a player sport
2: no absolutely and I think that I think the PJ Tour took a took a uh, a page out of David Stern's playbook where they just rode the coattails of tiger until the wheels fell off and the wheels right. might be starting to fall off and now they're gonna have to kind of go back and look and see exactly uh, what they need to do uh, moving forward because what we talked there is, and 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 I'm not putting all of this on the PJ tour as an entity. I'm putting this on the players too. Just win, win more. Have one guy win more. Have Jason Day could have won four majors by now. He could have, he could have had a, a uh, he could have had held you. all four at one time. Right, but Jason Day last year was so close in so many majors that. If As long as guys do what they're supposed to do and win, that's where name recognition comes from. It doesn't always come from media. It doesn't come from the race of the athlete. It comes from winning. And these guys don't win as much as Tiger did. And uh, that's obvious. I mean, I'm, I know that that's a pretty stupid uh, comment. But they need yeah, to win you know- more. These guys in the leaderboards need to win more to get the name recognition.
1: Yeah, that's true. But it also comes with marketing because I can market certain players. I can market a Sergio who should have won just as much as Jason Day should have won. Uh, but Tiger Woods not the way did it's in the front four. When well, you've got a guy that's consistent winning, you got to keep in mind, and this is, and I thought this would be a very true statement, some guys are scared of success. Some guys are scared to win. And I used to think Phil Mickelson was there because I thought Phil Mickelson, and I still do, think he's a great, great player and a great person. He puts his life and everything else around it before golf, but he comes out and plays golf at a high level. And I was I was glad when he won. But when you market these guys, when you do these guys their clothing company, Adidas, Nike, whatever they title it, whatever they sponsored by, they do the job of marketing these guys. So then these guys have to go out there with all that hype of we know who they are and win tournaments. And when they don't win tournaments, we, we see so many commercials about them. And then we don't see them performing on it, and of course, so we get a little disturbed by that. But we didn't see that when Nike did the same for Tiger. Tiger just went out and won. So, so do these guys really have to go out and win,
2: as you mentioned. Right? No, I now, know, I, and I, I agree, nice. and I and I think that they need to recycle the players that are on the PGA Tour commercials. Don't have Tiger and Phil every time. Take them out. Put these new guys in. The only time you see any of these guys' faces, Zach Johnson, Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, Keegan Bradley, etc., is on the Golf Network. Nobody watches the damn Golf Network unless you're a golf nut. Put them on CBS during golf tournaments. Take Tiger and Phil away. Put the guys. You're going to have to start somewhere with your new marketing plan. Start now. Why wait? Especially when Tiger is hurt. Get some name recognition for some other guys, so when Tiger does come back, it's ten times better than it was when he left. I don't understand why you have to have Phil and Phil and Tiger there all the time. If you want to, if you want to globally brand your sport even more, put some other guys in there.
1: Yeah, and that's what they have to do. You have to start implementing uh, those guys who will just the lead. Look at, for example, look at a uh, Jonas Blitz uh, who's on the leaderboard right now. I-, I don't know him. I don't know this guy but start putting some of those guys in those commercials. and, and the masters can do a great job of that. They can create a commercial on the spot because remember uh what is it about four or five years ago where they didn't use the commercial because they didn't it was there was a situation where we don't want women on our course so they, they took all their sponsors and they you go left and we'll go right. So they created their own commercials. So you can create that commercial on the spot and it's just a little twenty second deal. Uh, and maybe it's a commercial of a uh, the guy hit the shot before they went to commercial, before they went to their own commercials. You look at the, g- the generation of money they've created. The master is an $8 million purse, $8 million, so imagine the money they're making to pay this out, and that comes from sponsors, that comes from going out, buying TV, uh, TV ads, that comes out from going, buying a signage and stuff like that, and that's what I do on a small scale when I do it for the NFL alumni eight thousand eight million dollar purse. Well it's the same thing, they just do it on a larger scale. And they can they can market these guys like uh Jonas Blitz who I don't know or uh I don't know this guy, Mark reasoning I mean I'm sure he can play golf, all these guys can play golf, but can they can sustain for around and be at the top for the chance
2: to win. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll definitely keep uh, our finger on the pulse of the Masters. I'll give you updates throughout the rest of the show. I do want to segue over to the NBA. Um, the Last night couldn't have gone any better for the Phoenix Suns. San Antonio beats Dallas. San Antonio beats Dallas 109-100. Tony Parker's fill-in. Patty Mills had 26 points. This is exactly what San Antonio does. They do everything organically. They sign lesser-known free agents, cultivate them, mold them into the Greg Popovich system, and have them perform. Danny Green was the one last year and the year before, and Danny Green was cut by the Spurs three times, came back, begged for a job, begged for another tryout, and he started for them for the majority of the last two years. So you see what Greg Popovich does with these guys. 109-100, Spurs over the Mavericks. That puts the Mavericks in a tie with the Suns. The Suns uh, have are 47-31, and Dallas 48-32. and So the Suns are one less in the loss column, one less in the win column, which allows them to be in the technical 7th seed right now. And in the late game, the Nuggets beat the Warriors at the buzzer with a Kenneth Fareed shot. That puts the Suns only one game behind Golden State for the 6th seed. Now, I don't want the Suns to get up to the 6th seed because that means that they're going to be playing the Clippers. And I would not want to play the Clippers in the first round. You know, you kind of want to... There are teams that, that you don't want to see right away, especially uh, on a high of making the playoffs. You know, all of all the testosterone is, is full force forward, ready to play, ready to do all this. And, and that's when the Clippers are most dangerous, in my opinion, even though in recent history it hasn't shown that. So tonight, the Suns play the Spurs in San Antonio on a back-to-back, which is huge for the Suns. Everything so far is seeming to to work out for them, um, but they still have a long way to go. So what do you think, Kwame? And we've talked about this, but now that it's getting real, would you rather see them play San Antonio, Oklahoma City, or the Clippers? I'll
1: say this. Right now, these guys control their own distance. Can you hear me out? Yeah. Oh, they control their own destiny right there. They have two games and they're on the road, um, so they control their own destiny in a sense where when they have to play. I like to stay in that I like to for them to reach a six feet, and I like to for them to play the Los Angeles Clippers team, a team with a lot of talent and a bunch of egos that doesn't consistently play together. So there's a chance to still a first round uh, win against the Clippers. And we've seen the Clippers go out in the first round a lot with that type of talent. Now I know they have Chris Paul now. I know they have a, a a superstar and and Blake Griffin. I know they have Lost City. They've always had that, but at some point they're going to look like the Indiana Pacers in that in that series. The hope is to get the Phoenix Suns if the Phoenix Suns can get that sixth series. Also, Golden State Warriors and also this will be a good round. Phoenix and Thunder. I would rather not. I would rather them not play the Thunder first because the Thunder turns it on come playoff time. I would like to see them play the. Los Angeles Clippers, a team that's not consistent as far as getting the ball around, and the Eagles that come with that team. And yeah. the Phoenix Suns going to be, they're going to be who they are uh, during the playoffs anyway. They got in, and they're just going to say, "Well, we're here now. Let's give it all we got and make some make a run at it."
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's a good point. I could see that. And they had the Clippers on the ropes to up, up seventeen uh, not not a week ago. So um, it'd be interesting. You know, it's it's. Uh, Either way, the Suns, as you said, control their own destiny, which is not something that anybody would have thought that the words would be uttered this year. Uh, but now that they're last, here...
1: Last night decided it. Right. I think last night decided it for them guys.
2: Yeah, but I mean, so just win. I mean, isn't that... That's the whole idea. Just win. Right. And then they have... They need to win one out of two. Let's be completely uh, realistic here. They need to win one out of two. On the sixty-seven percent of the of the Texas swing that they're going through, at San Antonio tonight, at Dallas tomorrow, um, if they win tonight, this is bi- it would be really big. Like this would actually put things into reality that they might clinch before the season's over, and that's predicated upon um, how the Mavericks and uh, and Grizzlies do. So they go. San Antonio tonight, Mavericks tomorrow in Dallas, and they come back Monday for their last home game, Memphis Grizzlies. I'm going to this game. You should get tickets. And uh, on the other side of the break, I'll preview the rest of the Sun schedule, and, um, and I'll give you another Masters update. Alex Clancy in studio. Call me on the line. Call me, Lassiter Sports Talk. We'll be back.
0: Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
2: Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. I would give us give you our phone number, but the phone lines are down. Alex Clancy in studio, Kwame Lasseter on the line. Follow me at Clancy's Corner on Twitter. Follow Kwame at Kwame Lasseter. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific time. We start at noon Eastern every day except for Wednesday. Talking NBA, it's getting down to crunch time. Phoenix Suns 47-31. and 31. They've won 9-11. of 11. They go into San Antonio tonight. I think what they need to do to succeed this evening is to play fast. Do not let the Spurs slow the game down, run the half-court offense, because they will punish the Suns in that regard. I mean, they're just so much bigger down low, and uh, Tim Duncan, Old Faithful, can still do what he does. And when you have a 6'10 guy as your center... Uh, it's it, it's a little difficult to keep him out of the paint. I think Goran Dragic and Eric Bledsoe are, are starting to gel fully. Um, I don't really think that there needs to be a specific leader right now. They need, just need to get in the playoffs, and a leader will emerge in the playoffs, in my opinion. And I've said that Goran Dragic needs to be the leader, and we talked about the money thing yesterday. A lot of things are going to come into play at the end of the year, but nobody can think about that right now, and I don't think any of the guys are. I just think that they need to keep going on their role, keep running, keep believing in themselves, keep trusting your coach, and playing as a cohesive unit, and who knows what the hell could happen. So what do you think are the main goals for them tonight to be able to pull out a victory in San Antonio?
1: I think they had to come out fast. I think San Antonio is already clinched, probably at that number one seed. It might be like, still maybe a dormant situation, but they might have that uh, they'll probably end up with that number one seed. When you talk about that team and the San Antonio Spurs, who wasn't supposed to play, and these guys show up, and they win, and they, they have a great comeback. Tim Duncan possibly getting hurt uh, last night. Uh, and we, we like to see, I like to see what Popovich does with his team, that the Suns go on a fast run, because you hit the nail on the head as far as how they should start. They have to start fast. They have to. The Suns right now is in playoff mode. They have to be in playoff mode right now. They have to turn it up another level. Because during the regular season, it's a fast paced game. When the playoffs come, it's even faster. It's even more uh strategizing, it's even more strategic on what must be done to get out of some series. So the songs have to come out and play fast. Uh every night somebody needs to lead the team. If if one person is not hot, somebody needs to step it up and lead so they can start finding their direction in the course of a of a basketball game. So I think the songs have to come out fast and play the Spurs and, and get the Spurs in a position where they're out of it and he can watch his um he can rest his superstars over there in San Antonio or the in the game and they can find a way to win a close game going into
2: the playoffs. Yeah, I mean and they can't play scared. I mean that that's the main thing for a young team. You can't play timid. Just go go cojones to the wall. I mean there, there's no reason to change anything that, you, that that has got you to this point. And they've played with reckless abandon what I mean by that, not in their actual physical gameplay, just mentally. They're like, Well, we're playing on house money. So let's play like it's our last game, and let's play like we can go win a championship this year. And they have so being uh, playing blindly to the pressure and playing smart and fast. I think will I mean could yield them a win tonight, and it would be huge for the city of Phoenix. It'd be huge for Jeff Hornacek, for everybody on the team, and these uh, more or less fairweather fans that are now on the bandwagon of the Phoenix Suns. And uh, I, I think well, it, go ahead.
1: Whoever, whoever the Suns are, uh, how will they come out and how will they end up? It's either going to be the San Antonio Spurs, the Oklahoma City Thunders, or the Los Angeles Clippers. So I would like to take that Clippers. I would like to get in that big spot. I would like to do what it's going to take, as we both are talking about, to win these, to win these games. At least you should win one for sure, and that last one bit at home. But if you want to roll for two of them, just let's split. Split with either of those games. You want to roll for two games? Split that game and went at home,
2: and now you're sitting in a good position. Yeah, I mean, and, well, we talked about that when they when they went through the Clippers, uh, Portland in Portland and Oklahoma City at home. We thought win one and it's a win, and they won two out of three. They could have won all three in a row if they didn't give up a huge lead to the Clippers. So this team oh. might be capable of more things than we think they are at this point, and it's shown in, in in the past you know ten or twelve games. So if they beat San Antonio tonight, it'll be a boost for confidence and. 'll it'll, it'll just show them it'll it'll uh, strengthen their thought that they belong here and it's so huge for a young team once again, especially with no real uh, experience in this kind of situation. I mean Gordon Dragic had a little bit, but he was playing behind Steve Nash and that's pretty much it you know th- I mean that that's it. Everybody else is young so uh, tonight would be a huge win for them not only for the record uh, no, for their record but uh, morally as well. And I think that. And, no, go ahead.
1: And, well, out of the three games that they played at the Oklahoma Center, let's say they're in that seventh seed, out of the three games they played off, and they won twice. Uh, so, and, and like I said, things going to change in the playoffs. And hopefully they change, the Phoenix starts change right along with them. So, that six or seven spot is not bad if they stick to form.
2: No, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Tonight, Indiana, Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade is out with enter injury here. Who Who's is this bigger for? And we talked this a little bit yesterday, but now that it's game day, who do you think this game is bigger for? And it's in Miami.
1: I think the game is big for Miami. I think Miami got to establish that through the course of this playoff, through the course of the playoffs, that you might not have one of the big three. And you have to find a way to win. And who's going to come off the bench and step up? Uh, and 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 that's huge for both both teams. But as far as Miami and what they want to get done and what everyone is expecting them to do, I think it's big for them. Dwayne wait out with a, a hamstring. So if you got a hamstring and you out today, what makes you gonna come back the next day and play well? So they want to see how long they can go without him and rest that hamstring because it is a serious a serious uh, could be a serious injury mm-hmm. going further moving forward towards the playoffs. But I think it's big for them so they can see if they can play without the Big Three. And that Big Three, I always thought, was the bench. I know Chris Posh was told his own when he was in Toronto and he came and that made it the Big Three with Chris Posh, Chris Posh uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, uh, Wade, and, uh, LeBron James. But I always thought they created a bench over there where those guys can come off. But Some of those guys have been superstars in their own right. You come off that bench and, and sustain, uh, throughout the game and keep those guys in position to win it. And they let their superstar LeBron James take over.
2: Do you think Ray Allen could fill in that role for Dwayne Wade if he's hurt for an extended period of time?
1: I think he can. Dwayne Rod- Dwayne, I mean, uh, Ray Allen, Jesus, has a, he has a playoff experience and that's the reason why he's still there. Not that he can still shoot, but he has an experience. The same way we talk about the, uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett over in Brooklyn. Ray Allen could come in and play that third spot. He can come in and pick up the slack for what Dwayne Wade will be joined, So I think that's why you have a lot of veterans over there that probably still can play or still serviceable. You have a lot of ver- veterans over there that have uh, starting ship, starting roles and know what to do when it's game time. And you have a lot of veterans over there who's been in the playoffs. So I think he can answer the question. Yes, he can come in and pick up the slack the Dwayne Wade, and then his team can move forward.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it, it's interesting because the team, whoever they're playing against, and it's Indiana tonight, they have to have two separate defensive game plans if Ray Allen's starting or if Dwayne Wade's starting because their skill sets, albeit somewhat similar, they both can finish around the basket, and Dwayne Wade's not the high flyer that he used to be. Uh, Ray Allen is kind of like the little seven-foot fadeaways that he has great touch on, and he obviously shoots the three way better than Dwayne Wade ever has. So, like, yeah. it, it, it's it's very polarizing to say, okay, well, Dwayne Wade's not pl- playing, so we need to scheme for Ray Allen because he's the number three uh, in, in the big three. He's the number four, I guess, in the big three, and if Dwayne Wade's out, they have to scheme for two completely different players. And I think with the way LeBron plays, being a slasher and whatnot, Ray Allen could have huge games, and he has in both of their championship wins. So, yeah. That, and that that's very scary to think that Ray Allen's just sitting there waiting for his chance to play 35 minutes because he's played only 22, 23, 25 minutes all year. So he's healthy still. He can play till he's 40 because of the way he and plays. I would,
1: and I would say to that, is he's rested. He can he can come in and get it done. He's rested. And at some point, the way to be back, and then they'll have their bench rotation back with Ray Allen coming up the bench. But I think it is, it is a good Ray Allen would be a good fit oh uh, for tonight's game uh and i think he's rested and he can
2: go out there and get it done yeah i mean and the only thing they'd definitely be lacking on the defensive end and uh Dwayne Wade's a better is a better passer than than Ray Allen but Dwayne Ray Allen's never been out there to pass so that's but. so we'll we'll definitely see what happens and i mean i have to disagree a little bit i think this is all about indiana going into south beach uh you have a half game lead on on the heat for the first overall seed the little vogel project worked out when they beat uh they beat the bucks by 2 when sitting all their starters this is going to tell a lot about where indiana's mental capacity is where their strength is where where their thought process is going can we beat the best and miami is still the best because they won the championship last year can we beat the best on their home court in a, in the biggest most playoff atmospheric game of this regular season thus far because this, this could determine. Uh, this game could determine everything. There's only three games left for both I of them. Say they, I,
1: I say uh, to that, they were finally the best. They were the best last year. They won. That's why they won. Uh, coming to a new year, this is a whole new season. You still got to knock them off, but that doesn't make them the best. I think Indiana Pacers, I agree with you with this, Indiana Pacers need to come in and establish that this is what we've been talking about from the time you guys won a championship last year, that we want home field, home court advantage. And they and they have a half game on the Miami Heat. So they need to either go in there in Miami and establish business and say, we got home court. And then that makes their playoff run a lot different as opposed to playing Atlanta Hawks. Or, well, either way, Miami and Indiana Pacers are going to have a they get out of that first round with no problems regardless who's hurt on their team because you have the Landon Hawks and the Washington Wizards. We watched the New York Knicks evacuate right out of that spot. Um, but I think the Miami, the Indiana Pacers will have to go in there and take care of business. I don't think the best team is still Miami. I think the best team last year was Miami. That's why they won the championship. I think this year, you have the Indiana Pacers, Indiana Pacers who are it for. Even though we've seen them slack off so much too often, Doing the a season,
2: they're in a position right now to take home court advantage. Yeah, I mean it's a gigantic game any way you want to slice it. It's a big, big this game. Is a game for we it. need to go to. Yeah, I know. You want to fly me out <laughs> to South Beach? Um, so, and then another one that I'm that I'm curious about: Hawks, Nets in Brooklyn, and the Knicks, Raptors. Knicks are going to Toronto. The Knicks are still in the playoff hunt. I can't believe this is possible. They're only two games back. If Atlanta loses and the Knicks win tonight, it's going to go right down to the wire. I think Atlanta has the tiebreaker, if if, if I uh, if I remember correctly. But the Knicks could still sneak into the playoffs, which would be crazy for how awful of a year they've had. I mean, they're they're eleven games or they're uh, twelve games under five hundred, and you can make the playoffs. Out of control, out of control. How? I just don't get it. We got to take a break really quick. Uh, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back, talk about the Knicks on the other side. We'll talk Colin Kaepernick to close out the show. Kwame uh, Lassiter sort of Sports. Kwame on the line. Alex Glancy in studio. VoiceAmerica.com.
3: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
2: Oh, yeah, that's my sexy voice, Kwame. Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. I deferred from the sexy voice segment. We are talking. Uh... Oh, enough. You're Enough. I, I can't hear it in, in San Antonio. Um, Knicks-Raptors tonight in Toronto. Huge must-win for the Knicks every game until the end of the season. is a must-win for the Knicks. They have four games left. They're slated to play Toronto tonight. Toronto is might be a surprise of the Eastern Conference in a positive way. Uh, the Knicks are probably the surprise in, in Cleveland, probably a surprise in a negative way. Um, this is a must-win. And if, if New York, again, sneaks into the playoffs, who knows? Carmelo could go nuts oh, he, for could go nuts for two weeks. Who knows?
1: Yeah, he can go nuts, but he should have been going nuts now when he had that eight spot about a week ago. Uh, and we talk about and the New York Knicks is one of those teams we talked about, if they got in the playoffs, it's some damage to be done. Well they are more inconsistent than anybody else that's been in there. They didn't want to bounce in and out of the uh, that eighth place, that eighth spot uh, of the Eastern Conference. So whether they get in or not, I don't think they're consistent enough. And I and I thought that would be the team. All they had was a little energy from Phil Jackson. And Phil Jackson had nothing to do with that. It was just the announcement. Everyone knew he was becoming a uh, basketball everything in New York. It was just a little boosted energy. Uh, I really think those guys decided their their schedule was as such where they were able to pull out some games. Those teams uh, that they played, something other was either wrong with them or they just got to jump on them. I thought that the New York Knicks would be one of those teams that when they got in, they would do some damage. But they are more inconsistent than any other team. Yeah. They are more consistent than Atlanta Hawks. So I, I don't see much of a difference. I see, I see a one and done when they do whomever they play, Pacers or the Miami Heat. They just come out and not going to be able to do enough, and that team is not uh, the continuity is not there as of yet right now for the New York Knicks.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll definitely keep an eye on that. We'll. We'll talk about it Monday uh, when all of the games finish and all the uh, playoff placements are in line. I do want to talk about this. We have about six minutes till uh, we get out of here. Colin Kaepernick, according to an incident report filed with Miami police, a woman says she encounter- she had an encounter with Kaepernick, uh, Quentin Patton, and another uh, went back to a hotel room or apartment, drinking, smoking weed, ended up in a bedroom with Kaepernick. Um Kaepernick, TMZ reported that Kaepernick is being invested for alleged sexual assault. Um, I'm not saying, let's take this situation out of it. Let's just look at what this could pose uh, problem-wise for him. Um, Sexual assault is nothing to mess with, obviously. Um, But his image has been put into question a couple times, uh, wearing the Miami Dolphins hat. Remember that when he was when he was a second year wearing the Miami Dolphins hat, Um, the tattoos. I I don't care about the tattoos at all, but this is the media stuff, the tattoos. And then now this. And he's asking for 18 mil a year. So his character has been put into question a couple times already, and this is not going to help it at all. I'm innocent until proven guilty, I understand that. Sexual assault is nothing to mess with. Nothing to mess with. This kind of is the exact same situation as the Jameis Winston situation on paper. Uh, a couple friends ended up in a bedroom, you know, drinking whatever, smoking, and this is what happened, and then we have no idea what really happened, and we may never know. But character-wise, this is problematic for Colin Habernick, especially when he's trying to get a big contract. Is that right? It's got to be right.
1: Well, I don't like. Um, I I don't uh, believe in innocent until proven guilty. I would like for it to work that way, but most times, or not, you have to prove yourself. You you're guilty until proven innocent. So uh, uh, most of these um, situations where he's got to question his who he is as a person, who he is as a player, his character, uh, uh, if you will. He's asking for eighteen million. He knows he's not going to get eighteen million. I don't know. NFL has money to throw around. But I think he's really wanting fifteen million. He wanted a Miami Dolphin Pat, um, and I, I, and I, I want to think if it's not in his contract, it's okay because you, you can be a fan. I'm still a fan. Uh, there's a lot of like us, like me. I'm a fan of the NBA of players, not so much of the NBA teams. Outside of liking the Suns and living in Arizona and rooting for the Suns, I'm a fan of the players. So I might be a fan of a. Uh, what's wrong with me wearing a jersey? What if I had on a jersey? and I played with the cons I had on the jersey of a, a, a Ronnie lot. Uh, not that he didn't play in the league, but we weren't in the league at the same time. But if I had a Ronnie Lott jersey on, I cannot be a fan. Uh, so we're looking for something if we're a fan of the San Francisco 49ers or a company. We'll, we would we look for something. This situation he was in now is very touchy. It's a very touchy situation because it, it stems to a possible sexual assault And we've seen throughout the throughout the season, actually, and, and other cases where sexual assaults come into play. We looked at Jameis Winston, uh, Florida State case get settled and then reopening, and they open that case back up. This is a touching situation, um, but I dare to see a report, and I don't believe anything to it's all finalized, cause I, I would like to believe that uh, he didn't do anything, um, but why at this point, knowing everything, I think there's been a blueprint for trouble situations. Why put yourself in that situation? Why put yourself in a situation with a stranger in a room, and she knows who you are? And every athlete that's worked his assault has an ego, and we want people to know who we are. Uh, most most of us want people to know who we are. Um, but why put yourself in a situation like that, where someone can say you sexually assaulted them? Right. Uh, and I think she, I think she said that they were in a room together, but nothing happened. I don't know if she was coerced to say that, or what happened. What's going to come out later? Kind of like the James West situation. It was either this, this, or that, and now it's this, this, and the other. So this is a story that we really will have to, yeah, we have to watch. You know, TMZ comes out and reports certain things, but TMZ is a, a media, a TV media uh, for information, whether that be right or wrong. So we we will have to see more what happened with this. But I, I my thing is, at the end of the, at the end of all this, we want to put yourself in that situation.
2: Yeah, uh, Miami police told San Jose Mercury that the Mercury News that there was no evidence of a sexual assault, and that TMZ took it out of context. So, um, again, we'll see. A lot of gray area. Um, Character-wise, what I was saying before, maybe character is the wrong word, but I was just saying that all of the things that were questioned about him in the past are now going to be used against him if anything were to have actually happened here, which is not fair. I know that. It's not fair. He's not the traditional blueprint of a quarterback, you know, because quarterbacks don't have tattoos, aren't supposed to. Blah blah. All the all the old schoolers say that, which I don't agree with. But that that's what's come out when they show the when the tattoos when he was on the cover of uh, what was it ESPN the magazine. I think it was ESPN, the magazine, with all the tattoos. People want more of a Russell Wilson than a Colin Kaepernick kind of thing, and I don't necessarily agree with that either. You can't make a stencil for a human being. Everybody's a little different, and I think what he's done for the city of San Francisco is fantastic. Do I think he's worth 18 mil or 15 mil? Probably not, but that's just me. And I'm just saying that full circle here, the things that the things that have transpired around him and his in his image before, in my opinion, again, could potentially be used against him in in, in the uh, avenue of the media with regards to this alleged sexual assault. And I don't think that's fair, but I think that's just how our world works.
1: Yeah, and i say this real quick. He better not come out uh, professing like Ryan Brom, and then we found out otherwise, then I think the punishment should be even more uh, severe.
2: No, I agree. No, I, I 100% agree. And he did come out on Twitter... The charge, uh, quote the charges made in the TMZ story and other stories I've seen are completely wrong. They make a, they make up things. They make things up about me that never happened. And then he goes on to say, I take great pride in who I am and what I do. But I guess sometimes you have to deal with someone who makes things up. And then I want to I want to thank all the people who have shared their encouraging sentiments. I assure you that your faith is not misplaced. Yeah, you're putting all of your lying chips in one basket. If you're not telling the truth. And every so time somebody I mean. goes to Twitter, yeah, and look at Richie Incognito is probably the last one. You know, it just, it. anytime, it's like the kiss of death whenever you claim innocence on Twitter. It just, it, and I hope that it's not, I hope it's not true, but I mean, I, I also hope that it, you know, it's not a cover-up if it actually did happen. Um, we have about 30 seconds left. Kwame, you got anything you want to say about the foundation or anything? I know you have a golf tournament coming up, don't you?
1: Yeah, I have a golf tournament come up uh, May 23rd, May 24th, at El Conquistador and Tucson. Uh, you can call me; the information is out there. But you can call me at the um, or, or look on the website uh, for all my search engines and, and sign up and join. It's a fun thing. NFL alumni golf tournament. Cool. And yep. I like, have huge things coming up with the Super Bowl and a Pro Bowl coming up with a, a huge golf tournament at Whirlwind also.
2: Uh-huh, Radio Row, <coughs> Radio Row Super Bowl. Uh, call me, last the Sports Talk. Call me on the line, Alex Clancy in the studio. We'll see you guys Monday.